This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Brian Valenti, a winner of numerous High Stakes Dynasty Leagues with the FFPC and more than $35,000 in career winnings. In this episode, we break down his rookie running back rankings, how far he's willing to wait on wideout and rookie drafts, and what package he's putting together to try and trade up to the 101. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's $35,000 high-stakes dynasty champ, Ryan Valenti. Another great FFPC dynasty champion on the uh, Rotoviz high-stakes lowdown this week, Brian Valenti. Welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this, man. Hey, Balky. How are you? I am good, doing well. The NFL draft is behind us, so we have much to talk about. But before we get uh, to that, uh, why don't you tell all the Rotoviz listeners what you do for a living when you're not winning FFPC Dynasty Leagues? <laughs> uh, I am a financial planner for actually some public school teachers, and uh, I go in, into the schools and help them with their retirement accounts. So, so that's what the, I do in a day in day, I, in day, day out basis. And that gives you a lot of time to craft trades, assess dynasty value, because you're a very active dynasty owner. Absolutely. The beauty of it is, is that I, you know, I'm basically my own boss, so I can basically make my own hours and and do my own thing. Although I have two guys that I'm training right now, which is hurting hurting my uh, rookie draft selection. Elections. And, and it's an important uh, rookie draft this year, too. I, I think this year I have more, many more questions and doubt than I have in previous years. Now that we know the landing spots, since the NFL draft is behind us, who would you draft uh, first between these two guys in, in rookie drafts? Uh, Rashad Penny, the new uh, Seahawks running back, or Ronald Jones, the Buccaneers' new running back, given that these guys are, are probably, I mean, were drafted to be the lead back uh, on these teams, which one do you like better? Yes, of course. Uh, for me, it's Penny. Um, I, I, I like the size. For me, the metrics uh, are, are are tough to deny. You know, uh, you know, Jones is just a little bit a little bit smaller for me. He's got the explosiveness, but it, a lot of times in the NFL, what I find is you know those guys are trying to bounce it outside and, and and be too creative where they used to be able to get away with that in college, and now they just can't do it. Um, so I want the I want the pounder. Um, you know, in terms of catching chops, I mean, it, it seems like they're both relatively the same. Penny has a few more catches over his career, maybe 10 or so. But, you know, for me, I, I want the I want the bigger back. I mean, if you want to go with the smaller back, you're really going to have to shoot the needle. And you're going to, you know, there's there's few guys that have done it. Um, you know, you got your Charles Johnsons and and uh, and those type of guys. But it's it's going to be it's it's hard to find. So for me, I'd rather have the have the bulk, which it seems like this draft has some pretty good sized guys is Rashad Penny if you were at the 102 of a rookie draft I'm assuming you'd take Barkley 101 is Rashad Penny your pick at the 102 no I actually just did a rookie draft today um we started up one early in the FFPC um it went uh it went Geist to um 
and Chubb three. I actually had the one four. Um, and uh, well, I don't want to hurt the question that's coming up, but uh, but I, I took Sony Michelle. Well, well, let's talk about Sony Michelle because this is a guy that I, I initially I was pretty excited. I'm like, okay, now Michelle is a first round pick. Uh, he was drafted onto a team with a very good offense, a very good team. You know, a, a team that has a smart front office that has been very successful over the last couple of decades. Um, but then I thought about it a little bit more, and I'm like, well, you know, New England, they have this reputation for running backs being, you know, they use a bunch of them, and it's very difficult to count on one every single week because you don't really know which one is going to be deployed. So is Sony Michelle the, the fact that Bill Belichick used a first-round pick on him, does that mean he's going to be used differently, that he's going to be the guy, or is he just going to become the, the larger part of a committee there? Yeah, I mean, that's what sort of swayed me on it. Um, you know, I was definitely in between. Um, the guy ahead of me was was definitely, he he had he said he had Rashad Penny in his mind, uh, took Chubb, didn't like the landing spot. Um, but I, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather have Michelle uh, personally. Just, just I, I think he can do more there. I think, you know, using that draft capital that Belichick did, I think it says something. Um, I don't know. You know, we, we all don't know. And it could definitely easily go back to a committee. And I and I pray that that uh, Belichick doesn't get crazy on me. But um, for me, I, I, I'd rather have him over Penny. And he's your so he's your 102 this year. Yeah, well, no, I, I would still go Geis and Chubb. Oh, you go Geis. OK, okay. so let's yep. let's talk about this a little bit, um, because Darius Geis is an interesting guy. He like literally an interesting guy. He is uh, a guy that a lot of people, you know, in in pre NFL rookie drafts, like you know the the pre NFL draft rookie drafts or, or pre NFL startups at least. Geis was sort of like the, you know, the majority of people seem to like him second overall. But then he got passed over a lot in, in the NFL draft by a lot of the teams, and Washington finally picks him up, and he wasn't. I can't remember what he was off the board, but I mean, there's there's a handful of running backs that went in front of him. Yeah. Should we? I mean, is this just? You're obviously not concerned with that because you like him second best. Is it the landing spot that he got there? I mean, and then the the other thing that you could need to consider is that um, Jay Gruden said that he he might just be utilized as a first and second down guy with Chris Thompson and on third downs. There's a lot to like here, but I have a lot of questions here. Sell me on, on why you like Darius Guy second uh, overall. Yes, I mean I think I think they're they're still going to be a prolific offense. I mean I think he's going to basically get all the all the goal line work. Um, and even if he doesn't get a lot of touches in the in the in the passing game, I think he's definitely going to be you know uh, utilized on first and second down to where he's going to be viable year one. Um, if he shows his 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 catching ability, his catching chops, maybe they start to open it up for him if he can show that he can pass pro. I mean, Gruden loves Thompson. Um, we saw that last year, um, but but he's a smaller back. He can get hurt like he did last year. So there's there's a lot of variables there. And I think if 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 he shows if he shows that he can do it, and then you know Thompson has a, a, an unfortunate accident, you know then there he is, maybe a three down back, and then he proves himself, and then he's and then he's good to go uh, moving forward. So if I'm if I'm you know getting all this information in my head the right way the way that you have your your running backs are for rookie drafts is it goes barkley geist chubb michelle penny jones no jones isn't in it oh jones isn't in it okay no i mean not in the top six because that and and that's interesting because he does have 
the opportunity there in Tampa. It's just you're not sold on can he be a three-down guy there. Exactly. Um, Didn't really show his catching chops. Has speed to burn, probably. I mean, we we didn't really see it at the combine. Um, But, you know, I'm just afraid of the size. I'm afraid that, you know, 205, 200 – that it's he's just not gonna he's gonna have trouble in the NFL um, to be an every down back just in terms of durability and, and everything that goes along with it. Now he could definitely prove me wrong, and if he does, he's gonna I think he'll be really a, a, a strong back in the NFL. But for me, I, you know, I'd rather again have the ten pounds extra of durability um, and and make sure that my guy's gonna be on the field. Let's talk about the running backs in Indianapolis because this is a different backfield than what we saw in 2017. Frank Gore is now back in South Beach, and we have uh, Marlon Mack in, you know, who we just found out had uh, shoulder surgery. And, uh, the Colts said that he had been he played his whole rookie year on a torn labrum, which is extraordinarily uh, painful. Um, yeah. And then you have them add Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins in the draft. Hines, I believe, was a fourth round pick and uh, Wilkins in the in the fifth round. So you have this trio there, um, and, and not really a, a whole lot uh, else to choose from as far as uh, yeah. Colts running back goes. Is there any fa- fantasy value with any of those three, or is this a situation to avoid? I mean, I'm probably avoiding it, although by default I, own, I do own some Marlon Mack that I picked up in the middle rounds last year. Um, but, you know, I think I think they're going to sign a free agent. I wouldn't be surprised if you got Demarco Murray or C.J. Anderson or somebody in there who 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 can really fill out the you know the first and second round and, and just first and second uh, 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 down back and and make sure that Marlon Mack is the real deal because right now I, I find it ultra thin um, and and if and if Luck's going to come back and they're going to be viable it looks like they you know they moved back they filled out their roster a little bit more which was definitely needed. But, you know, if, if he's going to be the man, they, they, they're going to need somebody behind him, uh, you know, toting the rock. And, and I'm not sure if any one of those guys can do it. Naheem Hines is, is exciting, um, but, it, you know, he's, he's at best a third down back, it seems like, you know, scat back who's going to catch the ball. So, you know, beyond that, they're, they're going to need somebody to pound it in when they're, when they're first and goal on the one. You know, Hines is is an interesting guy, and, and this bring, brings up a, another question I just thought of. Out of all the running backs, is, we're going to move to receivers here in a second. Mm-hmm. Of all the running backs in this year's class, and this is kind of a, a lazy question, but I'm asking anyway, is there <laughs> is there an Alvin Kamara this year? Is there a Kareem Hunt, you know, knowing the, the opportunity that is in front of these guys? Is there anybody like that, or are we just chasing fantasy points that are just not going to happen year one? Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a tough one. I mean, one of my favorites is Royce Freeman. Um, I have him at six. Um, I think the opportunity is there. I, th- I think he can come up and do it. Um, and and the other guy who, who I would actually liken to him a little bit would be Balage. you know, just in terms of playing time. Um, you know, Kamara didn't get much in Tennessee. Uh, Balage didn't get much at Arizona State. So, you know, it, it's interesting if there's a comparison. I don't think they compare well. But in just in terms of why you're you're off the dynasty landscape, if you if if you're not on the field in college, then there's got to be the question mark. Well, why is this guy with all these metrics, you know, sitting on the sideline? Um, and I, I think that makes a big difference, especially in dynasty owners. But if you can catch lightning in a bottle, you know, which we did with Kamara, it's it's it'll definitely pay off. I mean, you're you can you know what I've seen Kamara go for these days is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's up there. It's crazy, and yeah. I, I I own him in a lot of spots. I mean, he was a target of mine last year, 
but it's it's just it it's it's crazy what 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 people are willing to pay for uh, you know a, a guy like that and you know and in a situation where you know there's still another running back there i mean right. granted he's on his last year but still it's 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 interesting so carolina went out and used their first round pick on dj moore the receiver from maryland and they already had devin funchess there who i mean you, you he was their number one receiver after Kelvin Benjamin got traded last year. I think that was pretty clear, uh, given yep. that there there was not a lot of targets to go around um, when we looked at the end-of-season stats. You look at um, who is, is going to be the better guy between Moore and Funches. Funches came into the league pretty young, too, so he's still a fairly young guy. Who's more likely to become the receiver to own there? Is it Moore or is it Funches? You know, I think I like Moore a little bit better. Um, Funches just doesn't have the the speed and quickness. He's he's more of like a, uh, you know, a, a big tight end um, or a small tight end um, out there. Um, you got Curtis Samuel who's going to come back. That's interesting to me to see what where they put him. Um, and if you have DJ Moore, you know, at, as the number two to start out um, and 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 go from there and see see where he goes. He just seems a little bit more electric. Um, you know, a little bit more of uh, you know prototypical you know guy who's going to really have the speed and quickness to separate you know Funches just is is a little bit slower and we saw you know when Olsen came back I mean Funches sort of fell off the map which was weird I you know I owned him in a few spots I'd actually picked him up in a couple spots and he carried me for a while and then all of a sudden you know you know Olsen comes back and you figure that's going to open up things even more for him and he actually went away um, so it's it, w- it was interesting to see that you know the way that the way that Cam decided to distribute that ball. Yeah, and 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 you know it's not like Olson was was lighting the world on fire when he came back from that injury too. You know, which is it just kind of weird. You yeah. would you would expect just a larger you know passing pie like the passing pie to get bigger, and, it, and for whatever reason it didn't. Even though they had yeah it never expanded, them. it was yeah. odd. Um, okay, so how does DJ Moore? How many of those running backs would you take in front of him in a rookie draft? How does how high does he rank uh, for you? Is he a top you know top first you know first half of the first round type guy, or would you let him slip a little bit further than that? Uh, the one that I'm in now, he's he's still slipping. It we're at one ten. Wow. I want to say um, one nine, one ten, something like that. So he's he's definitely. He's definitely out there. There, there hasn't been a, a wide receiver yet. We were through. I think we're through eight or nine, and there hasn't been a there hasn't been a wide receiver yet. Interesting. Okay. So you know, I think the I think the running back uh, uh, fury is is hot and heavy. You know, I think that people have you know drank the Kool Aid in terms of the this running back class. You know, I've heard some people say that it's that it's not that great, um, but it, it is it is deep at least at the top. You know, once you get, I think, into the second round of dynasty drafts, you're 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 not, you're going to struggle to to basically you know find some targets. But um, you know, early on, I think it might you know at least for me now, I, you know, I've got to think you know looking at you know, I have to use my first draft as my ADP. I've got to <laughs> I've got to basically go running back for the first eight. Um, if I want who I want, and you know, it's, of course it's going to depend on team needs. I generally don't draft for team needs, but you know, I mean, if more is there, I'm going to, you know, basically, you know, I have the 111 in that draft. Um, and I basically have, you know, queued up, you know, um, Ridley, DJ Moore and Christian Kirk, not in that order, but just 
in general, just waiting to see who gets there. Because I, yeah, I think we're on nine, so I'm going to get one of those three guys. Well, let's talk about Calvin Ridley because he joins uh, an, another Alabama Crimson Tide receiver on the Atlanta Falcons and Julio Jones. So you have, you know, Ridley at, at a minimum is uh, is the number three receiver behind Sanu. Maybe he'll be the number two, you know, at, at the start of the season. But either way, he's going to be behind Julio Jones, at least in his uh, rookie year. Uh, mm-hmm. in terms of targets go so are you willing to wait on Ridley a little bit longer I, I can't imagine that this is you know Julio's swan song in 2018 he's probably going to have some pretty good fantasy value or dynasty value at least for the next few years too so Ridley is going to be the number two guy there for the foreseeable future are you willing to push him down your ranks a little bit knowing that he has less of a chance of being the number one than say a Cortland Sutton or a DJ Moore yeah, I don't know if I could push him to 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 where to where Sutton is. I, I mean, I feel like ADP is going to push Sutton, you know, from what I'm seeing, you know, down to the late first, early second at the turn. Um, I, I think if you have, you know, like I said before, you know, if I have Ridley at 111, I'm going to take Ridley over Sutton. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think he can pass that up. He's just a great route runner. I mean, I think he's a solid, solid number two. I just don't know if he's a number one, and I think there's a lot – there's – a bunch of wide receivers in this class that are the same. Um, so, you know, for me, you know, if I can't get a number one and, and I have, you know, running backs that, that have, you know, elite metrics that, that are going to, you know, hopefully step in day one and produce, I'm going to, I'm going to do that probably every time. I mean, we've seen historically, I mean, 14 was the outlier where you had these guys coming in and just crushing it. And I don't think, you know, that's, that's not going to happen every year and it's probably not going to happen for the next 10 years, you know? So to, you, you have to give them some leeway. You might have a guy here and there that are, that might come in and, and definitely produce, but you have to give them those, that, that three, two to three year window at least, um, and see where they see where they fall and, 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 and give them that, 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 uh, that growth. I want to, before I forget, I I want to talk about Cortland Sutton here. I want to talk real quick about, um, sophomore players specifically sophomore receivers because you look at the three the trio that were drafted in the top 10 last year Corey davis mike williams and john ross none of them you know set the world on fire they 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 all underperformed whether it was due to injury or whatever you know i I don't think any of them would tell you that they had the rookie season they wanted is is this a good buying opportunity right now for any of those three guys knowing the pedigree of where they got taken in the nfl draft and where people took them in rookie drafts it, is there a good? Is this a good opportunity to to acquire any of those three, or are you avoiding all three of them? Um, well, I'll give you an example. I traded, I picked up an orphan, and I traded Corey Davis, or I got Corey Davis straight up for Juju. I'm sort of regretting that now that they traded Martavis, but um, I still believe in in you know his. His abilities. I'm a, I'm a, and I'm a Titans fan. I live in New York, but I'm a Titans fan. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you've got to believe in, especially going into year two. You know, if, if it becomes a Kevin White syndrome, then you're in trouble. Right. But I, you have to believe that that, you know, having having the the NFL believe in you to draft you as highly as they did, that you have something, and that that. You know, it's going to it's going to flourish in the NFL. You know, once you get your feet wet, once you get your feet under you, and and really get out there and and, and do it. I think Mariota had a weird year. I think he's you know, I, I you know I don't know what went on last year. Maybe some injuries, but 
he he basically uh, you know faltered a little bit and actually took a step back in my eyes. Uh, but I'm hoping that you know they can they can turn things around and uh, and and get and, and get things going with the new regime. I'm with you on Corey Davis. You know, I I, I sent actually today I sent out a few more Corey Davis offers trying to get him, and uh, I was in a, a dispersal draft for a dynasty league a couple weeks ago. And Corey Davis is in there, and I made sure I grabbed him there too. I, I I'm a big believer. Where'd you in, get him? Yeah, well, it was a dispersal, so it was only, oh. it, it was you know like however many players it was, like 50 players. And I think okay. I probably took him as like the fourth or fifth guy somewhere around there off okay. the board. So I, I was fairly happy to to get him um, as a building block on that. I team. got some. I got a funny story building. about John Ross. I, I, Please share. In 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 my in my team that I I've won three years in a row. Um, I had the 112 and last year and I have a co-owner and we <laughs> uh, it was down to John Ross and Alvin Kamara and I loved Alvin Kamara and he talked me into John Ross oh. and to this day I let him know that <laughs> I send him nasty texts all the time well listen you win that league three years in a row you got to give somebody else a chance I know that's, that's good point good just point being very altruistic there and, and yes letting, and of course I felt else. bad for everybody else <laughs> That's great. Um, let's uh, let's talk. Okay, as long as you touched on it with the Juju Smith-Schuster thing, uh, I I like him uh, as far as dynasty goes as well. Um, are you or should we be at all concerned that after they trade Martavis Bryant, they still use a second round pick on James Washington? Should we be concerned if you're a Juju Smith-Schuster owner? Should you be concerned at all with that, or is this just looking to the future of? Okay, at some point Antonio Brown's going to slow down. We're going to need somebody else on the outside. What's your opinion of the Washington acquisition for fantasy? Yeah, I would I would agree with the latter. I mean, I I actually love that uh, landing spot for Washington. It gives them time to grow, um, and and they have a solid third receiver now. Um, you know, Martavis obviously wasn't going to fit there. Um, I was shocked that they didn't trade him last year. Yeah. After everything that went down, and so to to get a third, I think they they got him for a fourth, so they netted out a round higher. Um, and you know they 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 got a, I think a solid wide receiver. I think I think he I think he's gonna do really well. And then you got Juju, who's what 22 years old, 21 years old, who I think is really gonna you know just basically probably take over that 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 number one slot. And then you and then you have a great. Uh, number two, right behind him in in, uh, in Washington, and and you know the the biggest question mark is if Ben's gonna want to be there. You know, you just don't know if if he's gonna you know at the end of the season just say I'm done. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sick of getting beat up like this. You know, what's interesting about that is they take Mason Rudolph in the third round. I can't remember if they traded up to get him or not, but. Then the day after, uh, Roethlisberger said that he wanted to play another three to five years. <laughs> you know, it's just so it's like all of a sudden it became real. Like, oh my goodness, they're planning for life after me. I better tell them I want to, you know, play a little. But it's one of those things. You could be right. He just he might just at the end of the season just say, I don't want to put my body through this anymore. I'm done. And then they have because he had of all he he out of all the quarterbacks takes the most beating that I've ever seen. I he mean, he's he can't move. That's why. You know yep. what I mean? Like he's just he's always saying. I remember for the longest time. He was just impossible to tackle. Like, you know, yep. defensive ends would jump on top of him and he'd still be standing. And I don't think I think because of that he just never developed any great mobility in the NFL and, and now it's I think it's catching up to him. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, he just has he, he just can't get out there and you know, almost you know, same as same as Eli. You know, they just yeah. take a beating. And if they're not protected, they're just not gonna be effective, which we saw last year from the Giants. 
Let's uh, let's talk about um, Cortland Sutton and, and Deshaun Hamilton here. Um, now, Sutton was a second rounder. I think Hamilton was a fourth round uh, pick. But the, both of those guys, they go to Denver. And the two receivers specifically, I mean, there's Carlos Henderson there too as well, I guess. But you have Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders there. I believe Sanders is 31 or 30. I know Demarius Thomas turns 31 at the end of the year. So yeah, Sanders – Sanders is 31. He's 31. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're they're getting pretty long in the tooth. Yeah. If you own Thomas or Sanders, are you trying to sell them now while they still have some value? Because next year they they may not even be with the team anymore. Yeah. I for me, I would probably hang on to Demarius unless I can get a first and maybe a little bit more. I mean, I don't know if I would take a late first for him. I mean, if I could get it for Sanders, I would take it in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't think you're going to get that. You might get a, you might get an early second, and then I would even still consider it. I mean, he had the injuries last year um, and wasn't very effective. Um, so for me, it's probably you know hold on to Demarius and almost play it out to the end because I think he's going to have a good season this year. I think he's undervalued, but but for me, Sanders is probably the guy to get rid of. He's a little bit older. He's smaller. Um, you know how I love my size, so. Right. <laughs> so I mean, and and he showed some injury, uh, you know, last so showed some injuries last year. So for me, it would be you know hang on to Demarius and 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 hope for the best, and maybe mid season this year if I can get a mid first or something or what I perceive to be a mid first, maybe I pull the trigger if I'm not contending. But I think he's he could be a value this year, um, and and somebody who can, who's definitely going to hog some targets over there. Moving on to the uh, rookie tight ends, is there an Evan Engram guy uh, that could be an immediate producer this year from this year's uh, from the 2018 crop, or do you think all the the rookie tight ends, um, you know, Jacecki, Goddard, uh, all these guys, are are they Hurst? Are they all uh, at least a year away from being fantasy factors? Yeah, for me, it's 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 a year away. I, I think maybe the best best bet might be Andrews, you know, at Baltimore, even though they drafted two, but even then, I'm 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 wary. You know, an FFPC with tight end premium. I, you know, I'm not I'm not going to take anything probably until mid second um, and take a flyer on one of these guys. But I, you know, I don't I don't I, I can't predict who it is to be honest with you. Um, I feel like there's a there's a solid tier of four and four or five, but I I, I really don't have a favorite. I mean, I think there's a, a lot of guys that can do some solid things, but I don't think there's anybody as well rounded as Ingram. I mean, Ingram was a freak at the combine. I mean, there's only been two tight ends that, you know, that have done what he's done in his first year. And the other one was Gronk, uh, as far as I know. So, you know, they're, they're very special. You got to shoot the needle. Um, and I don't see anybody being taken in the first round of a rookie draft. That's going to show me, um, that, that they're it. Well, in the landing spots, you know, weren't all that great. Yeah. I mean, Goddard is is obviously behind Ertz and then you have the Ravens doubling up on both Hurst and Andrews. You know what I mean? So there wasn't, there's not, you don't have the opportunity at least for a year one break. I mean, maybe we'll see what happens next year. I don't know what Ertz's contract is like, um, but but uh, I think you're right. I think we get back to a, a certain sense of normalcy with uh, yeah. you know these tight ends this year, and you don't need to go I mean, gaga over over trying to get them. I don't. I mean, I I think you know just in terms of target share in Baltimore, I think that's interesting. But you know, who knows if it's the one who, who's who it's going to be? Uh, my money would be on Andrews, but you know, who knows? Um, it could be it could be Ben Watson again. Who knows? So it's it's interesting. Or no, Ben Watson went to New Orleans. Where, where, 
New Orleans, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. So you know, but there, but there's you know a lot of target share there that 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 that's out there, and and I think uh, I think w- one of those guys should step up and, and and be decent. You know, maybe 50, 60 balls or something like that, which in this day and age of the tight end actually isn't that bad. Right. Yeah. Catch um, a few touchdowns in there, and you're. And, you're, and, you're in play, and suddenly, yeah, you, you're threatening to be a, like a top twelve, top fifteen type guy. Um, yeah. You have. Uh, let's talk about just the Baltimore offense in general, because it changed in this off season quite a bit. They've added John Brown. They've added Michael Crabtree. Willie Sneed has joined that team. They drafted two rookie tight ends. You have. They really didn't do anything in the backfield, but you know, so they have Alex Collins coming back. Uh, they have Kenneth Dixon coming off the ACL. I, I don't know where you fall on him. And then obviously Joe Flacco's there, but then they traded up to get Lamar Jackson, who could be the future at quarterback there, you know, beginning as early as, as maybe the end of this year. Who knows? Um, yeah. it, is there any fantasy value that from any of those rookies or veterans that you see in Baltimore? It's tough to get a handle on it at this point because there's so many new pieces there. Um, but if, if you are doing a rookie draft, if you're doing like a – uh, you know, a best ball draft at the FFPC or something like that right now. Is there, where's the fantasy value in Baltimore? I mean, I think right now I'd have to put it on Alex Collins. I mean, I think, you know, he survived it and he's, he, you know, he, he, he didn't get caught in any of these rookie running backs. Now, I think that again, going back to what I said, CJ Anderson, DeMarco Murray, if somebody's going to find a landing spot, those guys aren't done. They're not out of the league. They're not washed out. It sounds like Miami's not interested in CJ Anderson. Um, and, and, you know, they have to go somewhere. Um, so I, I could see some of these, some of these guys, you know, uh, getting hurt with that. I mean, I did like Kenneth Dixon coming out, but the injury, you know, really set him back plus a a suspension. So, you know, where does he fall? I mean, I think he sort of lucked out. I mean, I don't know how the NFL lets you be on an injury plus a suspension, (laughs) but I I guess I know, I think that's the greatest thing ever. I'm all in on that. Um, but you know, I, I I think they they still like them. I guess in in some way, if they're not going to bring anybody in and they're not going to draft anybody, then they've got to they've got to feel confident that Dixon can at least be the number two there. You you just mentioned how Alex Alex Collins basically survived the NFL draft, and and he did. I mean, there was he does not have any immediate impending threat to his starting job there. Now that that things could change, we'll see. But is there any other veteran that, that you know, in the NFL that, that kind of, quote-unquote, survived the draft, survived the NFL draft weekend of, of he was maybe in play to lose a significant amount of targets or snaps or touches, and then after the draft, like, well, may, maybe they do believe in him after all, and he's, and he's going to have uh, the inside shot at, at carving out a pretty good uh, role on this team again. Is there any veteran like that? that maybe you floated out some offers for or are thinking about floating out some offers for? Uh, maybe Kenyon Drake. I was surprised a little bit that they that, that they didn't go higher up to get somebody. Um, but he, I think, you know, he, he wasn't my ideal back, um, but he definitely flashed last year. Um, and, and I think that they, you know, obviously they had to round out the backfield um, and bring somebody in, um, you know, to, to with Damian Williams. But, you know, I think uh, I think, you know, they he, he could be that he could be the number one, which is interesting. And I think you can get him, you know, probably for a late first, early second. Would you give up if like if you had the one ten or the one eleven and you 
maybe had like a like one top 10 back on your team but then after that your depth wasn't that great would you give up like the 110 or 111 for Kenyon drake right now i think i would as i'm seeing these as i've seen this rookie draft go i mean it seems you know once you get at it once you get out of that 18 if i needed a back um it's going to be tough to find one you know especially if you get to 110 now i'm just obviously going off of one um rookie draft but just knowing what you know talking to the owners in that league it just seems like it's just going to go running back one through eight you know maybe you'll have dj Moore sprinkled in um and maybe a, a rogue calvin ridley but other than that i think it's going to be uh you know a lot of running backs um so to do it there and and maybe take some out of the risk out of owning a you know a a, a james washington or a, a christian kirk um, where you you know you're gonna have to wait wait some time probably for them to be productive, um, then maybe I, maybe I would consider it. Let's talk about your startup that you have going on this week. You have currently a lot of first round picks. The, mm-hmm. This is this is not a rookie draft. This is a startup dynasty, right? No, this is this is rookie draft. Oh, it I'm is sorry. a rookie draft. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have a ton of first round picks. That you have, <laughs> yeah. You have the 102, the 103, the 106, the 107 the 111, and the, then the 203, and then you have three 2019 firsts. And your yeah. goal, or not not necessarily your goal, but you're trying to figure out what you need to do, what you need to give up to move up to 101 to get Barkley, right? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to pose that to you, what you felt about that. I mean, I will tell, I won't, I won't ruin it for you, but I did send an offer, but you tell me what I should do. So, I mean, and a lot of this goes into like kind of feeling out the type of guy who, the type of fantasy player that is at the one oh one. you know what I mean? He's, he's willing to talk. Okay. Let's just put it that way. That's good because a lot of Barkley guys or a lot of one guys are not even willing to address. I know that's why it's intriguing. (laughs) Well, okay. So, um, and it's an FFPC league. So I, I, you know, I'm down to 16. I, I, my, my cuts were pretty difficult. I have a solid team. It was a startup last year. So I have a very good, I have, I have a pretty good team. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty heavy on, on, on running back. I've got Kamara for net. Um, I've got Juju. I'm a little bit weak at wide receiver. Um, but you know, for me, it's, you know, what makes FFP a little tough is just where to put all these guys. You know, I have all these picks, which is all fine and dandy, but where am I going to convert them to players and actually have the space to, to, to make it work? So, you know, I usually don't move up in drafts, but I was just thinking maybe I need to consider it. Well, and, and I'll say this, like, I obviously don't play FFPC, but uh, in my dynasty leagues, I always kind of like dealing um, a player, not, not at this point of the season because the, the rookie draft picks you're paying a premium for but I was yep. like dealing a player for like a, a second round pick or if I can get like a first round pick just because it's sort of like when you have that type of asset, you can max out on your roster limit, but still have that asset going forward. And it's kind of like a free player. Do you know what yep. I mean? Like, and, yep. and so I've, I've always enjoyed doing that. And I think you could do that here with, with the three nineteen first if you, if you consolidate, I think what the thing is with, with your team specifically you have a lot of good running backs on this team, and it's going to be running. Like you said, the first eight rookie picks um, could all be running backs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're getting Barkley, <clears throat> excuse me, in this, you're probably going to have to give up at least one of those 2019 first. You're, you're probably going to have to give up the 102 or 103. Probably the 102, I would imagine. That that just mm-hmm. looks, that looks better 
going to yeah, the Barclays. Of course, yeah, dude's moving back one spot for a haul. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you'd have to give up a 2019 first, the 102, I, I probably another first rounder this year, and then I don't, I mean, I don't know how much cachet the 203 brings, but to to give up the 102, let's just say the 102, the 103, and the 2019 first is, if I was have it if i had the 101 i would probably consider that i don't know if i would yeah. do it but that's sort of where i would begin look at you you hit it right the nail right on oh, the head how about that there you go that was that was that was the offer 102 103 and uh i mean hopefully what i consider to be the the later 19 first but who knows um i think if he, that's an interesting i never even thought about like adding in the 203 if he does come back he seems like a very open and honest you know person to deal with so i could see him countering maybe he said he's going to sleep on it um and i think the, you know if the 203 comes back because it still leaves me with the 16 the 17 the 111 and 219 first and i have barkley you know what i what you could honestly do is with all those that those high-end picks start seeing what you could get for like you know some of those um like a receiver out there that that would help. I mean, like yeah. the, Cor- the Corey Davis owner, I would be hitting him up to see what what he'd be interested in. Um, That's a good point. You know what I mean? Because you and yeah. I both like him, and he could be an interesting like comeback guy. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think with all this is su- this is such a fun problem to have because you have all this ammo that you can fire away at at, at helping out. Um, you know, not only your receiver issue, but help i mean you have three 2019 first i mean this is this is you can help out your team for years to come. yeah it's an embarrassment of riches but i just i <laughs> you know it's it's hard sometimes to to be able to convert it all properly mm-hmm. you're you to- know? yeah you're totally right a nail on the head with uh with that for sure uh brian you have been so generous with your time tonight i've really enjoyed uh talking dynasty and, and rookies before i let you go one last question um, a guy that you think is actually going to be a rookie draft bust could be a guy going in the first round, um, you know, that, that uh, you will not be targeting or, or, you know, a guy you're staying away from. And then another rookie that you can maybe get in the second round or even third round of like an FFPC rookie draft that you think is actually going to be very, very good for dynasty owners. Um, I think uh, for me, the avoid is Jones, you know, for all the reasons that we covered. I just, I just don't see the size, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, and, well, actually, I don't. But, <laughs> yeah, I was but, say, you know, uh, you know, Ronald Jones is not going to listen to this podcast, and like, <laughs> that's be, that's a good point. You won't be hurting sure? his feelings. Yeah, Balky, you sure? No, I heard he, sure. I already tunes in every night. I, listen, Barkley and Geis for sure are going to listen to this, <laughs> but I don't know about Ronald Jones. <laughs> so that's probably that's probably one of my avoids. Uh, I you know I knew when when in in this past rookie draft when it when he was drafted right in front of me, I was I was happy. Um, and you know, the, the, the other, the other guy who I think could be a value, you know, it's, it's a little deeper, but Traquan Smith, um, you know, you, you, you have, you're going to, you're going to new Orleans. I mean, we're, we're, we're thinking that breeze is going to play two or three more years. You got Ginn who's 33 years old. Um, and so I, I think there's, there might be an opportunity there, uh, in, in a Sean Payton offense to, to get some touches, you know, and, and I think that, that he could, it might not be immediate, but I think it could it, it could definitely uh, you know pay off down the road for you. Well, and not, and not only that, but think about the other pieces that that are in New Orleans. You have Cameron Meredith, who's coming off a really awful knee injury, and I think they just signed him with a two year deal. So I mean, yeah. you you don't know what what he's we don't even know what he's going to be like when he hits the field. He may not be the same player he was at all. They let Willie Sneed go uh, to to the Ravens, 
And you already mentioned Ginn's age, and they really didn't go out and, and address the tight end. I mean, outside of Watson, they didn't really do much there. So I would think that the opportunity for Breeze is, or for uh, Smith with Breeze is going to be there. The only question is, you know, how long can you keep this guy on your roster? Because it, it might be a little bit. You might have to let him marinate at the end of your bench before he's ready to, to start contributing. But, man, if, if you got the space, that is... That is a juicy little landing spot that he landed. I know, and I think I, I mean I think you can get him for a late second, early third, maybe. I would imagine. Or mid I, mid I, to late. Yeah, I, I, late second. I, I don't I don't think yeah. anybody's going crazy because you you think about where these these guys you know think about where Ridley and, and Sutton and I mean those guys yeah. are going at the end of the first early second. So. And then you're going to have some tight ends ahead of them. Right. So it's it, it'll be interesting to see where he actually falls. Yeah, I think you can get him you know late second, early third. Well, it's all a journey, uh, this, these, uh, these Absolutely. drafts, and, and uh, hopefully uh, people will take this podcast uh, on that journey with them. A lot of great stuff from you tonight, Brian. I, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show this week. This was a lot of fun. Good luck in all your uh, rookie drafts, and uh, I'll, I'll be interested to hear how that, uh, if he accepts this uh, uh, offer. I will. I'll, for, for I'll the, shoot you an email. I'll yes. check, tran- tra- check transactions. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I will uh, be following that. Thanks a lot, man. I will uh, talk to you again real soon. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for the time. I I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.